Welcome to Experiences of Insight. On today's episode, we are lucky and thankful to be joined by Mariano Suarez Baton, co-founder and CEO of Mural. Mariano shares stories with Lee and I about his background, innovation, and being an entrepreneur. For those of you that are familiar with the Mural product and team, you know how special their company is and the impact they have on people, how people communicate, and how people work together. For those of you that are not familiar with his work or product, we hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as we do, and hopefully are just as inspired as we are by his message. Without further ado, we present Mariano. Thank you very much for joining us today, Mariano. Thanks for the invitation, guys. Yes, yes. It's been, uh, it's been a while. I was very impressed by... Uh, your uh, your attitude uh, when we first met uh, last fall in San Francisco at the Sprint Conference, um, you were actually working with our group as part of the uh, the first day activities where we were kind of uh, trying to uh, understand the process and how they were flexing sprints at Google. But then also we were trying to build some muscle memory with uh, a team and it was very some of the. Uh, you were effectively a person that we were interviewing uh, as part of the exercises, and uh, we had a really good dialogue, and you gave us a little bit of background regarding um, how that particular sprint challenge uh, impacted your life, your real world today. Um, and thank you for being staying connected in the time since then. Um, we've been following your journey and the work that your team has been doing at Mural. I know Lee has been involved with some of the um, like Jim, for example, um, and a few other folks. And we're uh, very, very lucky to have you here. Uh, the work that you've been doing with the community at large has been uh, appreciated and noted. Well, thank you. And, and uh, yeah, that's a grand welcoming. We, so yeah, glad to be here and happy to have a conversation. We, we, we spend a lot of time learning about people uh, being inside the, the, the project room, right? And in a way, figuring out ways to, to free people up from being in the project room to innovate. I mean, the other day was, I'm, I'm, I'm sketching together a, a mini blog post, making an analogy between uh, project rooms and cows. Right, so now uh, Impossible Food and Beyond Meat being really popular. I've known about them for a while. And what I love about their, their, their companies is the mission that they have is around like uh, not replacing meat, but the process to get to meat, right? And, and they claim that animals are a very obsolete way and very inefficient way uh, to produce meat right? from, from, from basically from plants, only 3% of what you put into the animal turns into meat. Uh, and I was thinking the other day that in a way we're, what we're trying to do is like, okay, keep, keep bringing innovation, keep bringing like great ideas and teams, teams aligned, but without the need to be in person working together, right? So the project room, we believe it's an obsolete technology to produce ideas uh, because people need to fly there. People need to wait for others to be able to fly there. Uh, there's a lot of garbage produced in those meeting rooms, uh, carbon footprint and so forth. So in a way, uh, as an Argentinian, right, I love meat, I love a good barbecue, but 
but I understand that uh, again, I, I might need to like only enjoy it every once in a while and then complement with plants in my diet. So likewise, that's something else that we're trying to do with, with, with people innovating, right? Like, okay, get together, be in a room, connect, enjoy, but don't wait to be in the same room at the same time to get things going. So everyone in Mural is vegan then, right? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, sorry. Wait. Wrong message. <laughs> wait, 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 not true. But I've tried the Impossible Burger twice. Yeah. One in Umami Burger, one at the Giant Stadium. The Umami Burger one was really good. The one at the Giant Stadium, uh, I reserve my, my review. One of the, okay. Well, let, me, let me try to, I'll try to bring it back a little bit. Although that was very interesting. Um, I, I'm, by the way, a, uh, a aggressive garden burger eater. Just, just uh, note that. Um, but help, help us understand your origin story. Have you always been an innovator? Have you always been creative? Tell us a little bit about when you were a child and when you knew that you liked to create things and make things. Help us understand. Yeah. So my, my entrepreneurial career, let's call it, started when I, when I was uh, burning custom-made CDs with party music for my, and, and selling them to my sister's friends. Uh, so somewhat illegal, but uh, anyway, basically I enjoyed producing those those CDs because I like music, like part having fun. But I always enjoyed also the business, right? Like the possibility to make money out of the thing and and have clients right? versus building just for the sake of building. Uh, but, but but the influence was that again, my dad worked for IBM, go figure, for 17 or 19 day, years, I don't remember. And we, I always had access to computers, thankfully. I remember connecting from Argentina to New York when I lived for a year through the, the IBM's international network, so before the internet. Uh, and that was always like amazing to me, right? So tech. tech. So um, my first real business was when I started uh, out of college, I, I created a software firm, not really with a clear purpose, really, just build software. Uh, and then I, I realized that uh, I had a, the, the opportunity via I mean, a guy that was trying to recruit to create video games for advertising. And that was the first opportunity of like a real problem-led um, company, right, where I realized that, again, on one end, I wanted to build video games, but I started only building video games when I knew that there was a solution to a problem, and the solution was around advertising, like connecting with your audience through games versus placing ads or placing TV commercials and so forth. And, uh, and we started with that. And something I always tell people is that no one that started that video games company had done video games before. But we, we iterated, we improved, and we knew about software, of course, right? And we knew about games, but we had never done professionally. But nonetheless, we were able to succeed and create great games uh, for brands first, and then we switched to creating our own games for for ourselves. I mean, in particular, a soccer game called Bola, played by 20 million people during 2010, on top of the Facebook platform. So, um, always curious, always trying to, to do things, but in general, uh, I try to do it for, for the sake of business, right, and so of solving a problem to someone. And, and some people say, oh, well, it's really hard to frame a problem around a game, right? Entertainment in particular. But the reality is that 
you can always frame it like that. In our case, the, the soccer game, uh, it was designed as for, for folks that had uh, played video games in the 80s, right? And, and they, they, they crave like, the simplicity of a game. And in particular, father and sons or in long-term relationships that he wanted to do something more than just chat or have a video conference. And so we decided in that way. So you could play the game socially with other people in a very simple, playful environment on, on Facebook. So that's, that's some history. And, and why Mural? I was designing a game about emotion. Uh, I was, so our company got acquired by a firm called Playdom and then by Disney. So I was working for Disney for a while as a creative director. And I was designing a new game about emotion. The game uh, was about these characters that, that I, mean, I took, uh, again, some inspiration from Kid Robot, the art toys. And then the mechanics about choreography, in especially on, around the Olympics, and um, and and I, I had this thing that again, the, the game would morph depending on what people were feeling and what they were sharing in social media. Anyway, I had this very rough idea with slides, sixty-six slides of nothingness, really, or or, or a lot of stuff that, that there was no cohesive story yet, and. I was sharing this with people at Disney, and I remember getting slammed. My intention, probably naively, was to open up my brain or my project room or whatever to others to co-create with them. But I came in in a very uh, non-orchestrated way, right? And and I and I started showing slides. And what I realized in that moment, the, the insight was that. People, when they receive slides, they are either getting informed or judging. They don't get into the co-creation or generation mode when you see slides. So they basically slammed my idea because it was not ready. And I realized that there was something missing when you had to collaborate digitally with other folks. And in my case, I had a team in Argentina. I was in California. That welcomes co-creation more than uh, again evaluation, and, and and that was original insight. I mean, I, I didn't know about sprints. Well, they won't exist. I didn't know about design thinking. All that came intuitively. Only later, when we did a startup in residence with with IDEO, we can like put the the, the methods in place. Okay? But uh, but that that little insight was to say, okay, we need something that feels more draft, that that feels more iterative, and that's what we we put out there. I uh, I had a I have a question for you um, when you were making when you're making a transition from software developer on the product side and what was the conduit that kind of or what was the experience that kind of radiated the benefits of collaboration for you um, it's it's very unique when you find people that are able to harness the power of collaboration early on in their ideation and, and some of their work or early on in their career. And also, I had a question for you. I read an interview that you previously did where you talked about, naturally, you were predisposed at the time several years ago not to really like remote work. I'm wondering if that opinion has changed over the years and over time. So, um, it, so to, let's 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 try one 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 question at a time. 
so the first one was, um, can, can you rephrase the first question? Because I don't know sure. when in my, if, if you're talking about yeah. like a particular time in life or. Yeah, no, uh, is it, was it cultural? Was it something that, um, you know, you said that your, your dad was somebody that was a, an influence in your life and you had technology access to, to technology at all different points of your life. And you, you mentioned that you tried, uh, you know, software development and you have a background in that. Was there any one particular experience that you could point to uh, that kind of uh, showed you a light or you saw the benefits of collaboration at a young age that really uh, you could point to and share with other people? Was it cultural or was it a, a something that somebody said or something that you read somewhere that you would want to share with people? I'm trying to think because probably yeah again I, I love sports right like I, I I play soccer I play rugby uh, and so on and so I understand the power of of a team and part of roles and 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 the impossibility of of winning a game by yourself even Messi uh, has struggled doing that so uh, probably I mean that that's that's a core thing then when it comes to 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 producing software solutions. Um, so I mentioned that I had a, a video, I mean, a software development company, but I didn't mention that I was a software developer. Right? So I, 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 I always saw myself as a product shaper. So again, ideas and, and understanding how this could be marketed slash sold or like, uh, like connecting to, to a user. But I never had the patience, probably a little ADD also, to code fully or to design uh, with very polished borders, right? So uh, probably it's, it's it's like the willingness or or seeing the, the the possibilities, but embracing the fact that I I I, can, I I'm I'm useless coding, I'm useless uh, crafting, right? So um, probably like a I mean I mean self-reflection and, and, and being humble and saying, you know what, I mean, I, I cannot do the things that I want to do. Uh, and yeah, probably, probably more on that. You talk about collaboration. What do you think makes a good team? So um, I think that the, the, the most important thing is around uh, trust, right? Like I, I have, a, so for example, I head of product, head of technology, right? Austin Ampato. Uh, we've been working in the video games company and uh, for a while now, already like 15 years or something. And people ask me, hey, do you go back to Buenos Aires uh, a lot? And I said, eh, yeah, well, well, once or twice. But you know what I mean? I just like, I've been with these guys in so many I mean, moments that even if we yell at each other or, or like, I mean, we know what the intention is and we know that we are there with, this, with, the, with the similar goals in mind. Uh, whereas with someone that might be you don't know the 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 in the, the intentions. Maybe they, you start like thinking, "Oh, what's what's the real message in, in between the lines and so forth." In this case, like okay, there is no message in between the lines because if there is someone providing a message, we, we just say, "What the fuck are you are you are you talking about?" and 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 try to be as explicit as possible, right? And be able to criticize us as needed. So so probably like that that level of trust is is very important. And then the other probably most thing is like. In clarity on the alignment of goals, right? So what are we trying to achieve here, and, and making sure that uh, uh, 
I mean, goals and 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 then the the roads that each one takes, uh, which is hard, right? Like sometimes it's it's uh, by not being super explicit, there's there's room for 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 disconnect and interpretations, but probably yeah, trust and clarity. So it seems that Mural has been really successful. You put a big bet on the technology that you have, and I'm a big user. I know a lot of people are. It's catching on. So it seems like you're able to see where the puck is going next. I would say that you're more than lucky. So what types of technology, what are the trends, what's in front of you for Mural or what types of technology really? Okay. So what's next for Mural doesn't necessarily imply new technologies. I mean, what next for Mural is that we realize that people don't use online canvases just for the sake of drawing or or just diagramming they they come to mural to solve problems right whatever that that, that situation is so like we're, we're, we're we zoomed out a little bit in the job to be done and understood that we need to get better at not only the visualization of diagrams of whatever you need but also the orchestration of meetings right and, and embracing the fact that we believe that facilitation and facilitators are a core competence for 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 modern work and facilitators are the Jedi masters of the new type of work that we are uh, that we're doing, right? Like I mean, most of the work that knowledge workers do will be automated, but imagination work, as we call it, besides social work, which is again I mean, whatever the doctors, nurses, or waiters do, but imagination work in the context of business uh, is what it's not going to be replaced. Nor we probably don't want. To be replaced by machines because that's what makes us human. What's fun about work, but we believe that again, orchestrated methods for collaboration gets a group of diverse people through a, a series of, of steps that maximizes their understanding of the problems and possibilities to solve those. Right. So, so that that's that's what excites us. Isn't it? Like helping facilitators, both professionals and mean uh, temporary facilitators get their job around hurting a group of people through an exercise and a series of exercises in a project much better. Excites you. Now, if you want to talk about technology in particular, let's talk about technology. Let's go there. Um, and I think that the short term, what we're seeing is a lot, a lot, a lot of touchscreens coming to the market. And cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So, so a world full of screens and touch screens are coming soon, and that will make our life much easier and your life also probably much easier. It's I don't think that it's necessary that you have like a touch screen, but it immerses you in the session really well. I don't necessarily am bullish for this type of work with VR or AR yet. I I make the analogy that scuba diving. Uh, I mean, I gear up and get all that stuff because what you do underwater is amazing and impossible to do otherwise. I don't believe that having a, I mean, a live session with you requires that I dress up like a, like a geek, a dork or whatever yet, right? Of course, I mean, the miniaturization and, and getting things sorted will come, but I think that we can, similarly to how I said before, uh, Project Rooms is an obsolete technology to achieve ideas. I don't think that we need like a, a virtualization of the full thing to achieve the same level of, of, of ideas. 
again, that's coming and, and, and paying attention, but not necessarily bullish. And then the most important thing is like, how can we get AI to help you run better meetings? How can we help facilitators forget about the, 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 the time boxing and timekeeping and, and pinging such and such over there that's not paying attention? How can we make AI become an assistant for the facilitators to be able to focus on the interesting questions, the, the lateral thinking, and so forth? So those would be my top two. So they're very, very short in, in time, right? They're coming very soon. I, I was wondering, Mariano, um, I read an uh, interview with you several years ago. And at the time, I think you were quoted as saying that you weren't the best fan of remote work. What, what has changed? Is it just hearing the feedback from users of your product? Or is it just a couple of experiences that you've seen? What has changed over the past couple of years? Because it sounds like what you just mentioned there, you're a big fan and knowing that that's the way people are working. Uh, the day and age is you don't need meeting rooms and you can use tools, collaboration tools, much like Mural now. Was there one catalyst that you could point to? So, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm an introvert or an extrovert or what. I mean, it depends on the day probably. But I crave, I mean, I like being with people and, and I like socializing if there's a purpose around the socialization, right? Like I, 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 I thrive better when, when the, the meeting is around a topic. But anyway, I, I like being with people and I like being in person and, and, and I enjoy uh, in-person meetings so much as I like a great uh, barbecue or a sal, right? So like uh, that, that's probably where, where, where the, the meeting, the, the, the comment that I made was done. Now, I also love being able to work from here and there or anywhere. I like to travel and I like, I like to explore the world. I also love the possibility to have a team in different locations, even at a company size that is relatively small. I also love having, again, different points of view from people different and speaking different languages. So all of those things cannot be, they're, they're mutually exclusive, right? By definition. So we need to adapt and learn how to work in any moment and any time, you know, the different levels of bandwidth, right? Like, so in sending emails, for example, you can say maybe some of that is work. Well, that is very easy to do remotely, right? I mean, that's, that's, again, people are already used to that. Uh, having a video conference, well, I mean, there's a time zone situation, so it's not as easy, right? But people are getting used to that too. Uh, and again, and but then there's things like I mean, coding together or again, sketching and crafting together or having a high bandwidth uh, strategy workshop that's really hard to do remotely, but it can be done. But there's an unlearning process and a relearning process. And it's not like a full unlearning process because you will be sometimes working uh, in person, right? When, the, the nice thing about remote work and the remote work trend that happened in the last five years or so, is that it gave us an extreme user, the, the remote worker working in a beach in Bali, right? So now everybody knows and has a prototype of what the extreme user is. But most often than not, we're not that person, right? I mean, most, most people are not working off a beach, right? Most people are working 
in different offices, they are mobile workers, right? And, and I don't know why, why the mobile worker thing is not uh, there anymore, because again, we are more mobile than remote. Right? A remote is, a, is an extreme case of mobility. It's permanently remote, I mean, mo, I mean unmobile, right? Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's anti being mobile. But uh, I don't know, probably you, Lee, I mean, you are, yeah, mostly in North Carolina, but, and, and, and take advantage of most of your time there, but you also like move around, right? And you have to be flexible into, okay, adapting to an environment to another one. So when I was making the point of I hate remote work or, or whatever, it's, it's not that I hate remote work. I mean, I prefer being in person. Remote work, I adapt to, and I have been learning more and more to do uh, things like that. But again, we still, as a company, inside, we need to improve how we celebrate, for example. Right, so we we it's it's easier when you're together to celebrate. Right, when you're remote, well, it takes like a little practice, which in the beginning kind of like feels awkward, but then you do one, twice, three times for for then right, it becomes a ritual. So um, I, w- I was try- probably trying to be provocative with my statement. Sometimes remote work is I prefer in person. I have to learn to work remote. You know what, and you're, and you're human and you're, and if anything, I think it shows that over time you change your opinions based off of different inputs that you have. And, you know, if you look at somebody like a Robert from Dallas Design Sprints and the work that he's doing and has been doing over the past year, there are very, quite a few pockets of success stories around how remote, remote work can be very effective and efficient and bring people together with good positive outcomes, as you're, you're probably well aware. Well, I mean, so, 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 so again, I started this thing as a remote worker in California with my team in Buenos Aires, right? So, I mean, it's not that I hated remote work. I mean, it, it was, as I said, a statement. But yes, we believe that in order for this type of visually heavy, uh, collaborative, collaboration heavy type of work to thrive in design thinking sprints and agile, so like innovation work to thrive, if we believe that again, visual collaboration is important, it's not only training a lot of people. It's not only like bringing them, putting innovation centers in different locations. It's not only uh, getting those alignment diagrams in place, and it's not only training a big set of facilitators to be innovation catalysts on demand. I believe we believe that in order for a large scale company to fully embrace innovation and design thinking type methods, it also needs to embrace and believe in remote mobile work, right? And, 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 and provide the capability and teach people and, make, and allow people to practice and build that muscle. Because in general, we are very bad at working remotely, right? Because it's, it's not common and we need to learn it. The nice thing is, again, your generation of, of, of kids it's, it, it comes more natural, right? But there's like a big group of people that in interfacing in tight bandwidth, in vulnerably, I know that's a word, with people through a screen, it's awkward, right? Especially if you not, didn't meet them before. But yes, there's people that are, that are doing it successfully. Thus, it can be done. The people at Mural that I've met are really open and creative. How do you, how do you develop that culture? So 
It's tough to say if we developed the culture or if the culture was developed because of the people that we hired, right? So at, at a, yeah, we are, I think we're ATV or something right now. Um, most of the people, again, joined the company probably because they were somewhat creative, somewhat collaborative, and, and believed in some way with, you know, on a mission, right? So uh, the, the developing part is probably... It happened because of 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 the cons, 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 because we're early early on. Now, how do we nurture that? Uh, possibly because I think that uh, no one ever got into trouble because of trying something new, right? Uh, it's 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 uh, we we generally celebrate if someone tried something new. Uh, most of the times, we if it doesn't work, and Probably we need to get better at like again, learning, getting to the wise and forth, and keep doing more retrospectives. We do retrospectives, but not not as much as we should probably. But in general, it's it's like there is permission to to try new things, and and I also personally like try new things. And I the other day I started Mural TV, for example, an internal TV show, and I sucked probably. It was like a fucking long episode, and but again. There they are. I was showing that we we tried something new, right? So like probably like, like having that uh, permission to not ask to permission is very important. Uh, and the other thing that we tried to do is it's hard, but we, we're we're getting better and better. Is trying to set the goals of the company in the form of outcomes and not in the form of outputs. Right? It, it, it's not always easy. Uh, and most of the times, also because we we've been at this for a while, to achieve the outcome, we more or less know or have like prioritize these other things to try in advance of the quarter. We try to like plan per, per quarter. But again, same situation. If if someone believes that to achieve that outcome, we don't need X output that's typically needed. You know, call it like a YouTube channel, whatever, right? Because we want, everybody has a YouTube channel, so we should have a YouTube channel. Or we should do a pod, podcast, right? Like, because whatever. Well, maybe we don't need a podcast to achieve that outcome, right? And that also is provides some level of freedom for people to, to choose their own adventure with the same alignment on the outcome. It sounds like um, this is an example of, when you when Lee was asking what do you do to cultivate the culture, it sounds like it starts from the top, and it sounds like you lead with by example and showing people that it's okay to fail and to look at the outcome and then iterate where you need to and keep moving forward and stay positive and keep trying different things. Um, I wanted to ask you something specific about some of your experiences and thank you for sharing the, the ability to take failure and iterate and pivot and take some of the input and adjust your course as needed. Are there anything else that you could, if you wanted to, other than talking, you know, take the conversation and the dialogue to a wider audience. Um, are there any, any other points or lessons learned that you would like to impart to people out there, whether they're getting started right out of school and thinking about their first career or their first company or their first startup 
or even somebody that's running a larger, I, I look at your, your product as an enterprise collaboration tool that's best in class, that's very mature and is, when you look at the community that we deal with and the people that we talk to, your product is the collaboration tool. You know, any nuggets of information or insight you would like to share with people in any one of those tracks that you think is worth noting? Um, so if you're I mean, a student, go to mural.co slash education and get your free account. That's important. Um, so that, I, I mean, I can go on for, I mean, forever, right? Like uh, I, I generally like one, one interesting piece of advice for folks caring about enterprise software in particular uh, is that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs start and say, hey, I need to raise money, right? And that's like one of the first things that they say, I need money to do this thing. And I call that bullshit. And I think that what you first need is hypothesis. And what you need next is a validated hypothesis. And in probably in the form of uh, 10 people or so in companies willing to give you money to solve the problem that they have right now in six months. Right? So like what I, what I suggest people to do is when you have an idea or whatever, is articulate it in the form of, of again, to get validated learning and go and interview 100 people, ideally, of the type of people that you think have, uh, have that problem. And uh, besides interviewing them, doing a little demo of the solution that could, if they have the problem, could be that, and asking them in advance for money. Right? And if someone has a problem that generates $50,000 worth of problem per year and uh, they should be able to, if you have some certain level of trust, give you 10 to be the first 10 to be solving that problem. So pay you, pay you $10,000 to make a $50,000 problem go away. If you think of it that way, and you think that the problem will be going, going away, uh, that, that's, I mean, great way to start a company. And then maybe if you need to raise money. So start with a problem, and in particular for B2B, Ask for money for a future state of happiness. So we've heard a lot about your your views and what's going on in neural and what's happening with technology. And I'm thinking that just listening to you, one of your superpowers is humor. So what other superpower, what is what else do you think makes you successful that people don't know? So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the humor part probably comes because, um, especially in, in, in the U.S., I have less of a filter that you guys have here. So, I mean, I, I, I don't mind saying certain things that probably would be politically incorrect. So, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like humor. I like, probably like, that's why my wife and I are married, because I make her laugh. Um, she's probably uh, higher in my, my league. Anyway, um, so yes, humor. The, other, the other thing is like probably seeing, seeing the potential of new connections. Right? So I like to, to, to connect people with, with folks that could be uh, helpful. Um, and also, yes, yeah, see, see, see that future state of, of a collaboration. 
right? So, for example, right now, I don't know, trying to get, I mean, I, I'm not, I have not started, but again, we work or convene or one of these, um, like, rent, uh, rented workspaces to have like a mural powered uh, room with all that and so forth that we can rent out and so forth. So, I mean, and, and, and seeing how that benefits the other people and, and, and that BD component of, uh, of, yeah, one plus one equals three, trying to get, get, get that there. Uh, I live a lot in the future also, right? Like it, it's hard. Uh, so that, that, that is a, a superpower that, that inspires people, but also, uh, it's complicated because, um, it's hard for me to prioritize, right? And, and to be patient because I, I always see like the, okay, th that's great, but what's next? I, it, so it feels like a little glass, glass half empty for a lot of people. Uh, it's not really because oh, it's just like, I mean, I want to get into the future as fast as possible. Um, and yeah, the other thing is, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before. Uh, it's a, it's a positive attitude, right? Always, always be thinking that I mean, the, it's a measure of positivity and resilience. Right? I mean, we've been in this thing at Mural for seven years by now. By the standards of Silicon Valley, where we are is slow. Right? I mean, generally, like you, in three years, you should be in where we are right now. But uh, we were probably early to market and, and, and probably we, we, we executed shitty at some point, but whatever. Here we are. And it was because we, we believed it in, in what we were doing. Uh, we knew that we were still, we still had a lot of things to try. Uh, we were also having fun. And then we have folks like you that were pulling, right? Like, it's like, there were, there were early adopters. IBM, like, became a, a customer, big customer very early on in our, in our journey as a, as a company. Uh, so, I mean, there was like a very big hint, one of the biggest hints in the world. That there was something going on, right? <laughs> We're on a good track. So, but yeah, being being positive and and uh, and resilient is something else that possibly is uh, one of my superpowers. Great, Dave. Anything else before we close this out? What do you like to do in your downtime, Mariano? Is there such thing for you, or or is it strictly family time? What, what's that again? Sorry. What, what do you like to do in your downtime, if there is any? Yeah, so 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 yeah, of course there there is there is downtime. Um, it's one of the things I learned with 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 uh, time, right? So like in my last company, the video games company, I I was fl flying, living in American Airlines or whatever airplane, and 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 I realized that I need to work smarter to to have a family and and not break that. Uh, so um, definitely, I mean, spend the time to I mean, consciously be not working or not apparently not working. Like not, not, not it doesn't show in, in, inside my head. Unfortunately, it doesn't stop. Um, so I I like sports. I like to play tennis. I like soccer, as I said before. Uh, I'm, I I've been going to the gym too. So that's on the personal health uh, i would like to play more my guitar most of the, the guitar playing i do is relates to moana or other kids songs but that's that's okay i guess for a while 
teaching my my kid how to play the piano too. I, I'm very bad at piano, but I more or less can teach a kid. Um, traveling, I also, I mean, that's not, I mean, whenever I can, I can, I move around. Uh, I'm going to speak at a remote, running remote conference in Bali. I'm bringing the whole family end of June. Uh, I'll be sharing a little bit of things like I, I shared today with you guys uh, over there. Stepping in Hong Kong. By the way, Lee, do you know anyone in Hong Kong at IBM that, that I can bug to, to say hello? Yes, I do. I'll hook you up. There you go. So, I mean, the nice thing about this, having a worldwide audience, is that I can go and meet them in person and learn about them with the excuse of, again, traveling to Bali. <laughs> Going to work for Bali is a good idea. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, that's mostly it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm traveling with my, my family most of the time, but I also did, I'm turning 40 this year. So I did my, we, we did a couple of trips with my friends from school, some of which I know since I was three. So that was fun also. Okay. All right. I think we've, uh, we've asked all our questions. We've, we are very grateful to have a person of your caliber on our experiences of insight podcast. So this is a very real heartfelt. Thank you. We're very, very grateful for your time. Yeah, no problem. And, and, and likewise, right? Like, so you guys and many others, uh, in a way, uh, what we realized in, in the last, as I said before, and what, what gets me excited about next is that we are, we're only as good as the facilitators helping others collaborate, right? And we have realized that and are making our go-to-market and our products be all around partnering with our internal and external consultants. So you, Lee, work mostly internally and Dave mostly externally, right? Uh, but, but you operate the machine in a way that helps others achieve. So we are, we are taking special care of facilitators, as I said, professionals or temporary, because I am a facilitator in some of my meetings. I'm not a professional, probably not the best one either. Uh, and eventually, I see in a world where, where, where there's mobility for this type of work. Right? And, and people that may be working on something else and part-time doing this can dedicate full-time to this because there's a, a new market that we can help coordinate. So again, uh, I, I, even though you're thanking me, I'm, I'm also help, thanking you guys because you helped us shape the product and help us uh, deliver the product to more people. So thank you. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm generally... In, in person in, in San Francisco and, and uh, I live in a, a town called Hillsboro. Uh, and then in terms of digital, Mariano at mural.co at Batmelon, LinkedIn, my name. Um, and yeah, and, and, and the intercom messages that come from Mural are my robot, but I read all of the replies and sometimes reply all of, some of the replies. So that, that's not all of the channels. Sounds good. I think it's a wrap. On behalf of the Experiences of Insight team, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. We hope that it was value added and that you continue to check out our content. Have a nice day.